0: hey listeners it's kayla and candace here we're shaking things up today and bringing you a preview from a new podcast we're really enjoying it's called the loudest girl in the world and it's hosted by lauren ober who you might know from some of her other podcasts she's made like spectacular failures and the big listen growing up lauren was always getting in trouble She had a lot of sensory issues and her anxiety felt off the charts. In late 2020, in her 40s, and in the smack dab of a global pandemic, she finally found out why. She's autistic. The Loudest Girl in the World is the story of Lauren's journey to understand what it means to be on the autism spectrum and how to live life as a newly diagnosed autistic person. It's about finding yourself broken in an unexpected place and emerging a mostly glued back together person. And we like to do that on Directionally Challenged. Lauren asks herself hard life questions and attempts to figure it all out. Sound familiar? (laughs) Definitely does to me. She talks about everything from the problematic history of autism evaluation tests to the not so easy time she had telling her family and friends about her diagnosis. In this preview, Lauren shares a pretty formative moment in her childhood that impacted how she thought about herself for a long time. It involves Lauren's 6th grade teacher and an actual cardboard box she would put Lauren in to get her to stop talking in class. Okay, here's the preview. You can hear the full episode and more from The Loudest Girl in the World wherever you get your podcasts.
1: For years, maybe even decades, life just seemed harder than it should have been for me. And then, in the middle of a global pandemic when the entire world was on fire and we were all reevaluating our lives... I went searching for answers, and I found them in a diagnosis I never could have anticipated. So I want to tell you about a formative event that led me to this place of self-discovery. It happened in my sixth grade year, and looking back at it now, it feels like my entire elementary career was leading up to this one moment. But before I can tell you about that, I have to take you for a wander through little Lauren Land, my mom Kathy. Kathy.
2: Lauren had a difficult time connecting yeah. with kids always mm-hmm. from the time she was young when, when we would have play dates and stuff and yeah. she'd want to play her own thing and the girls that came over would want to do something different and so they'd be you know doing' their own- usually usually more girly than mm-hmm. what Lauren wanted yeah
1: spot on dad that checks out not a lot of Barbie friend time for me also
2: her quote, disruptive behavior, there was no mean intent behind it. She could not manage herself in a classroom setting and not not being able to be the one who was talking. Um, that always stood out.
1: All that caused some problems for little Lauren in school, because apparently not everyone likes to be talked to or at while they're sitting at their desk trying to concentrate on their times tables. And apparently, teachers don't like it when students talk incessantly. It kind of disrupts their whole flow. So all this means that little Lauren, that's me, was in trouble a lot in elementary school. I was often ejected from class and forced to sit in the hall by myself. My desk would be moved next to the teachers. And numerous times, teachers tried and failed to institute a sticker-based reward system to get me to quiet down as if I would stop talking for a lousy sticker. One of my more memorable punishments was the wall. The wall was where the naughty kids spent recess. Basically, a teacher would discipline me, saying, you're going on the wall, which meant that for the whole of recess, I was to stand against an outer wall of the school. My fellow baddies and I had to have one part of our bodies touching the wall at all times, and there was absolutely no talking. The wall is pretty memorable and looms large in my inner child psyche. Like, damn, I did a lot of standing against cold brick when I was a kid. If you're a teacher and you're listening, don't use any of these punishments on your students. They're humiliating and scarring, and unless you want to foot the bill for their therapy, you should think about some more humane alternatives. But when I think about my talking and how much trouble it got me in— The wall or the hall banishment or the desk next to the teacher are not the punishments I keep coming back to over and over. That would be the box. The box event happened on Halloween 31 years ago, and it came up recently on a trip home to see my folks. I was in the car driving with my mom, Kathy, who I call Kathy, and my stepdad, Bob. We're talking about Halloween costumes and whether any of my childhood looks would ever preclude me from getting nominated to, say, the Supreme Court. Now, I'd say my lack of a law degree might be the first disqualifier there, but you never know these days.
2: To be nominated for the Supreme Court, would it be, Lauren, could you... No, you'll never find those photos. Who has those photos? That's right. That was pre-internet.
1: Pretty sure there's nothing objectionable about a devil or a clown costume. Some of my early Halloween hits. But then I start thinking about my favorite costume ever. My Pippi Longstocking ensemble. I'll never forget. I mean, my Pippi Longstocking costume is forever mired. You're forgiven if you don't know who Pippi Longstocking is. But barely. Barely. Pippi is a fictional character from a Swedish children's book. She has red hair and also a horse and a monkey and a righteous sense of justice. And if that isn't fun enough, Pippi is also a little bit naughty orphan with superhuman strength. She's pigtails.
2: She's freckles. She's fun if you're young or old. And she's loved the world over. She's Pippi Longstocking.
1: Pippi was a real idol of mine. I truly thought I was her in my extremely on-point costume. But when I think about my costume, I inevitably think of the box. Because the two are forever linked. I was so proud of that costume. It should have been my best Halloween ever. But then the box incident occurred, and my memory of that day is fully tainted.
2: Oh, I know, because you were... Because like why? Confinement. Yeah. In your by classroom. whom? Not by me, the teacher. Patty Patterson. Yeah.
1: Put me in a cage. Mm, more accurately, it was a box. A three-sided box, like the size of something your new refrigerator might come in. Also, if it sounds like Kathy and I are harsh with each other, well, that's just the way we talk. I
2: can't believe that. It was in Yes, it was. Don't you remember? You were a homeroom mom and you came in. I remember that, but I didn't remember the teacher. I don't remember what year. I was a homeroom mom every year.
1: I want you to picture this. It's a sixth grade classroom and the blackboards are decorated with ghosts and ghouls for Halloween. All the desks are in neat rows facing the front with little treat bags on them organized by the homeroom moms. There were no homeroom dads. LOL, this was 1991. The kids are milling around their desks, comparing candy and showing off their costumes. But then... And there's a little desk at the back, and whose desk is it? <laughs> whose desk was it? It was yours. And, and what was around the desk? <laughs> cardboard or some sort of partition.
2: Yeah, a three-sided <laughs> cardboard box.
1: My desk wasn't in any of the neat rows. My desk was at the back of the classroom with a giant cardboard partition around it, like six feet tall, I couldn't see my classmates, and they couldn't see me, which was a shame because my costume really was the most dope. For the life of me, I can't remember what I did to get put in the box. Probably murder. Also arson. No, I can only guess that the partition went up both as a punishment for some chatting-related violation and to prevent me from talking to my classmates. Also from distracting them with any antics. Or maybe Miss Patterson was trying to preempt any shenanigans from happening. Who knows?
2: Why? Because <laughs> you talk to everybody around But you. why would you do that to a child? I didn't do it. Not you. The teacher did it. But because why? they did it. They, that's just the way it was then. I can't explain to you. They just did it then. It's the saddest thing. I love that costume. I
1: had copper wire braided into my hair, yeah, freckles yeah. on my face. I had a little hobo costume, I kind of, it. Pippi stocking. You think anybody would put Pippi Longstocking in a box? <laughs> I think we can all agree that the answer to that question is a resounding no. Now, at this point in my umpteenth retelling of this story, my folks are laughing at me. I love that you guys are laughing <laughs> about a thing that has stuck with me for <laughs> Fifty-seven, nine hundred years, and, and it stuck with me because it was extremely traumatic. It must be that. It was
2: traumatic. No one in my class got that. Yeah, exactly. I got thrown out of the room during singing class.
1: Yeah, I got it's thrown out of the room every Tuesday, basically. <laughs> the story of the box has stuck with me all these many years later because it changed the way I felt about myself as a kid. And that feeling never really changed as I grew up. Today, as an adult, I almost always think I'm bad, or I'm doing bad things, or people think I'm doing bad things. I feel isolated from my peers, and I have a sense that I deserve it. I have internalized the message of the box, that I am a person with problems who needs to be separated from the herd. I reached out to my former teacher, Ms. Patterson, to talk about this, and I got this email in response. After giving your project a lot more thought, I have decided not to become involved. That is my final answer. No amount of persuasion can change my decision. Well, all right then. But she did wish me the very best in her email. I'm not blaming Miss Patterson for my childhood difficulties. I had problems making and keeping friends way before I stepped foot in her classroom. I'm pretty sure that at the time I had like half a friend. But that particular punishment at that particular time in my life was so othering. It made me feel like I was straight up trash. And it set in motion a self-esteem spiral that still persists even today. Like right this very minute as I'm saying these words which is why we should probably take a break so I can compose myself.
0: That was a preview of The Loudest Girl in the World from our friends at Pushkin's Industries. You can hear more wherever you get your podcast.